Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and Bernie is here. Hello, Alex. How are you, man? I am good. I'm good. I, I just want to say, here we go. <laughs> it is here we go month, or the here we go month has just ended. Um, congratulations to you and to me and to all of us that have lived through it. It was pretty harrowing. It was pretty <laughs> intense. But here we are. Um, I should mention, because we haven't mentioned for a couple of weeks, um, that Mohamed's absence is for a very exciting reason. Uh, he had a little girl. Uh, so yes. congratulations to him and his lovely wife. And uh, yeah, that, that's why he's not not around at the moment. Comunicado oficial. Yes. Is, is, is that how to pronounce that? Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Given it's an Egyptian baby, I don't think it matters too much. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Kosh group is growing. So wonderful news. Um, other acquisitions. Mm-hmm. I figured we could just talk about all the transfers that happened in the Premier League, um, like alphabetically, not alphabetically by player name, but by club. Oh, so we're going to talk about Chelsea the whole part. I mean, it's going to be a lot of it. <laughs> it's be a lot of it. Um, but why don't we start at the top um, with Arsenal, top mm-hmm. in terms of alphabet, top in every other sense as well. Um, sure. uh, Sambi Lukonga's got to Crystal Palace. <laughs> Let me start with the with the more minor stuff. I like Sambi. I don't think he's got the intensity. Possibly the ta- I feel like, I feel like he's got the talent. He doesn't have the intensity or the attitude for Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Um, but I'm very confident that Patrick Vieira can get something out of him. So I'm quite excited about that. Uh, I'm I'm not as he doesn't look like a player to like. I don't know. I feel like at Palace you need a little bit of a graft to go with the guile, and I'm not sure he's got the graft. And I'm, and like, is Patrick Vieira going to have the patience to bring it out of him, or he's going to beat him up in, in training? <laughs> you know, those those are the questions that I that I have on that. That's possible. That's possible. I suppose we can talk about that when we get to Palace. Um, incoming Trossard, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, I think Arsenal overpaid for him, but I think they did so because they're in with a shot of winning the title and he's extremely versatile and proven talent. Yeah. Um, this, 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 there's a, this began a trend for Arsenal in the sense of uh, you went for Mikhailo Mudrik. Um, that didn't pan out um i mean for good reason who's gonna pay mm-hmm. that crazy fee um and then trossard was a good backup obviously you didn't plan for trossard you had planned for Mudra for a long time it's just trossard had a um rift with brighton at the right time and the opportunity came up now 28 million for a 28 year old or whatever it was yeah that's too much money but relative to mudrick and you know you had that money to spend anyway I think Trust is a good player, so I'm not mad at it uh, at all. I think I think in some sense it's a shrewd piece of business, even if he did overpay for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And honestly, I mean, you don't want to judge too quickly, but Trossard was fantastic for Brighton, and he's honestly been pretty fantastic in his first kind of game and a half or so for Arsenal. Um, so I think that that looks like it's going to work out. And then the other major signing was Jakub Kivior, the Polish defender who plays for Spezia that no one had heard of before this mm-hmm. transfer window. Mm-hmm. Still don't know anything about him. <laughs> no. Mohaned um, told us earlier today that he's breaking uh, sprinting records at the club, which is odd for a pole. They're not usually that fast. I feel like someone made that up. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, Twitter is just full of people making stuff up. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait. But you said the only other major news? Well, the only other major uh Signing for Arsenal. I mean, they went for Caicedo. That didn't happen. And then who did you sign? For central midfield? Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, Jesus. Right. Jorginho. <laughs> Completely blank. <laughs> Completely blanked on this. Jorginho. Penalty our our listeners have to endure that silence waiting for you to figure that out. Oh, uh, we can edit it in post-production. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's very rude. Uh, yeah, Jorginho. Um, obviously, another one that wasn't the plan necessarily. That said, the reporting, um, and maybe this is kind of wise after the event, but the reporting has been that Arteta has quite liked Jorginho for a long time. 
Um, possibly because they're very similar players, maybe. Um, at least, like, end of career Arteta was very similar to Jorginho. Um, honestly, I think it just makes sense. It's cheap. It doesn't affect transfers in the future. They desperately needed cover in central midfield. Uh, and having another penalty taker doesn't hurt either. I I think, like, it's another one of those deals where, on the surface of it, I'm not mad at it. It I can see how it makes sense. Like, 12 million or whatever it was, you know, he wasn't probably going to be starting at Chelsea, even though their midfield is horrible, so I'm not sure why um, that's the case. But after all that spending, they got to sell something, right? <laughs> Some <laughs> sells somebody. But um, I think you're right, and he is very different to the two options that you currently have with Xhaka and Partey. Like, those are different skill sets. I think it diversifies the way that you can play, not as if you don't control the ball already. I wouldn't play him against more physical teams, that's for no. sure. Um, but it, it, it because I know he may not even start, I think it's, it's useful for the tactical setup. But it just also proves that even though Arsenal have made many, many strides in the transfer market, you still can't resist a, a Chelsea reject. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. You can't you can't get rid of all the cobwebs. You know, they still got to have some lingering. <laughs> it's true. And I am reminded that I did think that on the surface, David Luiz and uh, Willian weren't, weren't terrible transfers either uh, when they happened. Although, you know, I maintain that Luiz was, was kind of necessary. Willian... It was a war crime, but that's... I mean, I did tell you that both would fail. I haven't <laughs> yes, told you this you one, so yes, you know, that's true. you're all right. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, Aston Villa, quiet window, sort of. They signed someone called Alex Moreno, who's a fullback from Betis, someone called John Duran, um, from Chicago Fire, who I think is a 19 year old Colombian striker. I might be slightly wrong on that, but mm. um, more importantly, maybe they sold Danny Ings. Which I think is quite mm. funny because, like, other than Ollie Watkins, he was their only striker. Yeah, but Ollie Watkins is doing really well under Unai. Mm. And if you can make money on Ings, I can't remember what he went for. You do 15, that. 15, I think. Now, I don't know these other guys. <laughs> and, no. But, so I can't comment necessarily on that. But, you know, he's injured all the time anyway. And now he just showed he's injured now. <laughs> Actually, yeah, true. so yeah, that, that that was good business getting rid of him. Fair enough. Um, Bournemouth, I thought, had one of the most bizarre transfer windows in the world. So I'll just read you the list, right? So you've got Dango Utara. I, I don't know who this is, other than allegedly like a, a young talent from Liga. Darren Randolph, the 50-year-old goalkeeper from West Ham. <laughs> Antoine Semenyo, who's a young striker from Bristol City. Ilya Zabarni, who is like supposedly some Ukrainian wonder kid centre back, and Hamid Traore from Sassuolo, who again a bit of a wonder kid attacking midfielder. It's as if someone at Bournemouth just started playing football manager and decided to base their transfer window on that. Yeah, it, it's as if they told their scouts, "All right, do some work." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. these are not the types of signings I was expecting from them. But I think. Their window is is the most interesting part of their window to me is the guy that they that rejected them, Zaniolo. Mm. So there were conflicting reports on this, but it turns out that Bournemouth actually put up the cash to sign Zaniolo from Roma, and Zaniolo said no. Mm-hmm. And he's a smart man. <laughs> he's a smart man. Like, look, get some, regain some fitness, kick the ball around in Italy a little bit more. And then, like, Aston Villa will buy you instead. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, a, it's a much better move than Bournemouth, in, in my opinion. If I was him, like, I, I get I get saying no to Bournemouth. On the other hand, he's ended up going nowhere, and now he's in a bit of a pickle because um, he's just stuck at Roma. And allegedly, considering suing the club for something, I don't know, I need to look into that a bit more. But um, it doesn't sound like a great situation. And couldn't he have just said to Bournemouth, look, I'll come on loan, and let's see how it goes. Yeah, but apparently Roma wanted nothing to do with that, that they wanted a, a, a final sale or nothing. Mm, so okay. would you be sold to the team that's likely going to get relegated? 
not me. <laughs> I would not, unless unless they gave me a release clause which allowed me to leave for one million. Should we get relegated? <laughs> 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 Take a 29 million loss. Yeah. Uh, Brentford, nothing happened. They let Sergi Canyos go to Olympiacos and they signed someone called Kevin Shad from Freiburg on loan. No idea. Nope. Moving on. Uh, Brighton, more importantly for Brighton is that they kept Moises Casado and uh, McAllister, which, you know, I, I there was a lot of... Um, I always hate this when a big team will make a, a bid for a player, a smaller team will reject it, and fans of the big team will be angry at the small team for rejecting the bid. And it's like, Brighton are halfway through the season. They're having a brilliant season. Uh-huh. They might qualify for Europe, and Moises Caicedo will absolutely leave in the summer for, for big money. So they have absolutely no reason to sell him now. I don't know why anyone was getting worked up about it. Oh yeah, like with with the money in the Premier League that we know there is, even at eighty million, let's say, Brighton could reject that, knowing that you know Manchester United potentially Chelsea, obviously, well maybe now they got Enzo Fernandez, which we'll talk about. They may not come back, but you know Manchester United like him. We know Arsenal still like him. You mm-hmm. only spent twelve million on Jorginho. There's still some more money there, right? Exactly. Um. There could be a bunch of other clubs. Who knows if City come in, you know, now that Phillips is really not panning out. Maybe they come in. We don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of teams could come in and there's lots of opportunity for them. So, yeah, um, I, and I think I think he'll be fine. He'll, 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 he'll get back to form and play his way into a new team. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I thought Brighton handled it very well, by the way, because they said, you know, when, when um, he put his little message out on Instagram, being like, I've got 10 siblings, so... Please let mm-hmm. me go. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is a legitimate point, by the way. Like when you come from that kind of that kind of background, taking the first big money move that comes to you is, is a totally legitimate, you know, career move. Um, nonetheless, Brighton were like, "Go home, don't come to training, and we'll call you when we're ready to have you back." Mm-hmm. And that was that was very smart because had they asked him to come to training and then he doesn't, then you've got a whole new problem. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. He's on fifteen thousand pounds a week. I can see why he wanted that move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Brighton might might do a little sneaky new contract now, just to keep everything ticking over. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll we'll still sell you in the summer probably, but here's here's fifty grand. You know, yeah, under the table, fifty grand. Thanks, thanks for, <laughs> for your loyalty. That's <laughs> free. <laughs> um, uh, so they, they did sign Facundo Buonanotte and Yasin Ayari. Um, don't know who these guys are really, but safe to assume that in six months they'll be worth 50 to 90 million. Yep, 100%. 100%. All right, Bernie. Are you ready for this? No. You know what's coming next? Hold on. Let me get my game face on. All <laughs> right, let's stretch. go. Do some stretches. Yeah, yeah. It's the big okay. one. All right. It's Chelsea Football Club. Oh, yeah. 300 million worth. Let's go. Bruv, they spent more than all the other leagues combined. <laughs> <laughs> Not just more. Like, way more than all the other teams in all the other leagues combined. It's mad. It's mad. Apparently, they also spent... Where did I hear this? I forget. Um, a quarter of the money that Roman spent in 17 years... They've already spent it, mm. which is wild. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. Right. Deep intake of breath, and here we go. Enzo Fernandez, David Datro Fofana, Benoit Badiashile, Andre Santos, João Felix, Mikhailo Modric, Noni Madueke, and Malo Gusto. Wow, they've they've replaced the team. <laughs> they've really just gone and replaced the team. Like, oh god, it's absolutely nuts. Let me ask you this, because I've seen, you know, and and we're all on Twitter too much, and we see too much stuff that isn't representative of fan base and what have you. But a lot of Chelsea fans I've seen on Twitter have been like really happy and kind of gloating about all of this. And I have to be honest, maybe I'm not representative either. But if this was my club, I wouldn't be happy about this 
and I'm wondering how you would feel. Um, as you know, I'm I'm a principled fan, and <clears throat> this type of thing annoys the shit out of me. Um, I I, I don't subscribe to this sort of stuff necessarily. Mm. Like I hate when, and it might also be because Manchester United when they overspend, you you know that <laughs> the repercussions are that they're not. A didn't do it wisely, and B is going to affect. It's going to have a downstream effect. So, um, to me, I don't like this from Chelsea. I get it. Um, they had holes in the squad, but look what they did in the summer: Raheem Sterling, Aubameyang, uh, Koulibaly. Fofana was eighty million. For goodness' sake, Kunku. Um, Kunku, who's coming in next year. So they spent a lot of money there. But then you look at the guys that they've signed, I'm like, Malo Gusto is a bench, well, sub for Reese yeah. James if Reese James is fit. Yep. They didn't sign another left back because Chiwell's nonsense and injured. Kukurela is nonsense. Okay. Then you're telling me that Badia Sh- So your back line, you're giving Thiago Silva a new contract. Your back mm-hmm. line is what? 35 million Badia Chile, 80 million Fofana. Thiago Silva, like, yeah. How do you how do you make that work? I, I don't get it. You don't. You're not supposed. You're supposed to have two really good center backs. Mm-hmm. One, the third one is good. The fourth one is shit. Like this is how <laughs> life is supposed to balance out. Okay. Yeah. Like technically, yep. forget form. Technically, you've got four big name defenders. Yeah. At, at, at the center back of the football club. If they're all happy, great. I don't see it. Then, I guess you could say that Thiago Silva is 39, so he won't need to play every game, and Fofana is always injured. Sure, sure. But but then but then you still have the issue of um, like Noni Madueke is coming in, Sterling plays on the right. They couldn't get rid of Ziyech because of some paperwork issues. Incredible so stuff. It's just you still have Pulisic, who I thought you would have moved, but I guess he's injured. Like you have. What this look like to me, unless you have a fire sale in the summer, a very unhappy dressing room to come. Oh, so there is, it has to be a fire sale in the summer. Yeah, because this won't—it can't work otherwise. And when and, I say sale, I mean like they're just going to be giving people away for free and canceling contracts because people aren't going to buy. People will absolutely know that Chelsea have to get rid of these guys. The wages mm-hmm. they're on are insane. That other clubs, especially around Europe, can't pay, and mm-hmm. so they're not going to give Chelsea transfer fees for these guys. They just won't. Yeah, and and I've always said to people, like, a, a lot of fans, even United fans, there's a select group that get very, very agitated when another club spends a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then they and they get on the Glazer thing, which I always go, get on the Glazers, but not for this issue. Yeah. Because if it's just raw money being spent, they spent a lot of it. That's not the point of the matter. Because I remember when Frank's second season, 2020, 2021, and they bought, Chelsea bought Ziyech, I'm looking at it now. Werner for 50 million, Ziyech for 36, Chilwell for 50, Thiago came in, Harvest for something like that, Edward Mendy. And if you look at it, this team in the Champions League, great. But you would easily say Ziyech flop, Werner flop, Chilwell flop, <laughs> Thiago Silva, great, Kai Havertz in the middle, Edward mm-hmm. Mendy in the middle, let's just say, yep. even though he's not in the team right now. So was that transfer window this amazing thing that people should be like celebrating no not really because actually the ones that did well were the ones that were either free or cheap in edward mendy's yeah. case like yeah. you know this is no indication that that this is going to make chelsea good because they haven't no. been good despite winning the champions league i've seen liverpool a shitty team in 2005 with the champions league so mm-hmm. they've just not been very good oh in, in that time span i'm sorry I, I would also be fascinated, absolutely fascinated to know how much Potter is involved in these discussions, how much he approves of this. Uh, I mean, he said he's very happy to sign to have Enzo Fernandez and like who wouldn't be and also what else are you going to say? But you have to wonder, like it's now down to him to try and integrate basically, you know, half to th- two thirds of a new team. Um, and he already had half a new team in the summer to try and integrate. It's just a very difficult situation for a manager, especially one whose name is Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Potter. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
the thing is, like, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that they've decided to back the manager, and th- and this is a, a sign that they're backing the manager. However, like, I think Chelsea are aware the top four is probably gone, and I think now it's about finishing as high as they can in the league, maybe g- doing a, a cut and run Champions League win or something, or or just doing well, whatever that mm-hmm. means, just ending the season well. Getting into preseason, coaching the, the the lads, and figuring out what you can do, I think that's the best that they can hope for, and I think that would serve him well. But does he have good players coming in on on paper? But but Absolutely. here's my issue: it's all on paper. Even Enzo Fernandez, as they're talking about, this is now the most expensive signing in Premier League history. Look, he had a great World Cup. He's had a great six months at Benfica. Does have can 90% of Chelsea fans tell you that they actually have seen him play for his club? No. Mm. Only 10% can. So only only 10% can really tell you, outside of the Champions League, how good he really is. There's no indication of how good this guy really is. People just don't know. They're lying if they tell you that they know. They're absolutely yeah. lying. Yeah. And, 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 and not only that, but even if he's very good, which he very well could be, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you, we were talking about this earlier today. There's no way in which, there's no world in which he can justify the price tag. And that's not his fault. It's the same with all these guys that get signed for like 90 plus million. There's just no way. Um, yeah. And not only that, you can't tell me that there isn't a player that you could have bought for like 20 million somewhere around Europe or South America that couldn't do the same job. Like, I just, I just don't believe that for a second. Uh, absolutely. And, and my thing is that on top of that is, when you look at it, Enzo Fernandez again, good player, sure, fine. Like if you want, if you want to say that, but you, it's just when I look at the the players who made this list of top whatever uh, ten in the league or like most expensive. Let's let's talk mm-hmm. about Paul Pogba for instance. The, everyone knew that he, that was too much money, especially mm-hmm. to, to re-sign a player that you had in your academy. But there was always a marketing aspect to this from Manchester United under Ed Woodward where it was like, okay, this is not just about on the pitch. This is about off the pitch. They use him in every advert, like they did the Stormzy thing. We we could tell the half of this was about marketing. So in still a, some still sense, a sick video. <laughs> still a the best, it's the best transfer I've ever seen in my life. Like, honestly, it really is. Like, I, I can understand the idea. In in a sense, the same thing with even though like Ronaldo wasn't expensive, I understand bringing him back for the more you know what I mean for the residual effect. Enzo Fernandez does not get you any of that. There's no marketing. He can walk by people on the street and they wouldn't know who he is. Like he has he has to earn that. And to be a player worth a hundred like you spend hundred twenty million and they have to earn that gravitas on the street. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. That's mad to me. I like the upside is like, what is the upside? Are you going to win the Champions League every year? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what this is. Yeah, yeah. It's also and, and to add to the to the marketing point about Pogba, it's also fair to say that like Paul Pogba at the time that United bought him was arguably the best central midfielder in Europe. The guy mm-hmm. has had a, a disappointing last five years of his career, but when he was good, he was unplayable. He could mm-hmm. literally do everything. He could run the length of the field with the ball. He could smash a shot in from you know thirty yards. He could play ridiculous passes with the best of them. The the player that United thought they were buying, you could argue was worth that money. Yeah, and, it didn't and work you had out. seen it for three years at Juventus. Even, exactly. You know. So like, there's a body of work there. Enzo Fernandez, I'm like, maybe. <laughs> like you really don't have anything to go on. They're paying a world record transfer for potential. Yeah. Which is just nuts. And and not only that, it just, it distorts the market so badly. Like, it, you, you, you know, you want to avoid having a fucking Super League. This is what's going to cause it. Because the, the clubs around Europe, you know, I guess in this case, Benfica received 120 million euros. So they can be happy about that. Although Rui Costa was furious, like absolutely furious. But... The, the, the whole of the rest of Europe is looking at this and, and just thinking, like, what is the fucking point? What is the point? Like, all of our leagues are just feeder leagues for the Premier League now. So the the thing is, like, right, I know Rui Costa was faking that because he's like, oh, we, didn't, we wanted to keep him. 
cha ching, I get a bonus for making that. Like he get he gets paid for for selling players. We know this. Oh, he, sure. he gets he gets a bonus. He's he's happy. But yeah, it does create that sense of you know jealousy towards the Premier League. Which, by the way, and I want to put it out there, the Premier League money, the Premier League clubs spend way too much money. This is evidence of it. But they've, in a sense in a capitalist sense, they've earned the right to do that because their product generates yep. demand. Like, it's demand and supply. Like, if Syria A had that demand like they did in the 90s when they were spending stupid amounts of money, you know, the tra- they were breaking the transfer record all the time mm-hmm. in Italy. Like, and then La Liga did it. Like, remember when Zidane went for 50-something million in 2003? Or something, My yeah. brain could not comprehend that. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Like it, it was just nuts to me. And even then the Premier League has still not touched the Neymar thing. Um but <laughs> and the Mbappe thing. But it, it does create that sense. And I remember I was watching um the Super League documentary on Apple TV. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And a lot of I think there was a poll around Italy and Italians in general, if I remember correctly, they support the idea of the Super League. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because it's being used as this weapon in people's minds against the Premier League, which is considered a Super League. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And they, they even tried to use the case that, oh, the Premier League itself was created against the rules and it's its own Super League in England. I'm like, yeah, but there's relegation and promotion into the yeah, Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can say that, but anyone can get the Premier League if you earn it. That wasn't the case with Super League. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I still think it will probably happen at some, at some point. Um, not in the way that, not in the kind of format that uh, it was presented in whenever it was a couple of years ago, but it's just, I, it just feels inevitable when with this kind of inequity. Anyway, we shall see. Um, Crystal Palace, uh, we talked about Sambi Lokonga before. Other than that, Noiru Ahamada from Stuttgart. Moving on. Yeah, move on from that. All right, this one should be quick, but we might spend a minute on it. Everton signed literally no one after selling <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> after selling Anthony Gordon for forty five. Oh, mate, they are. They did so... sign Sean Dyche though. Yes, which is fun. Uh, I'm happy because they're going to be full aggro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is if you're not going to get Big Dunk to do it, then Dyche should do it. Uh, I'm happy about that, but they're still going down. Did you see the um, the video of him in his little shorts today doing the bleep test with the players? <laughs> he leans into it, eh? Full he really PE teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that video on on Twitter that was going around of like Sean Dyche compilation? No. Like it was this it opens with him just battering a penalty into like like <laughs> right down the middle like full aggro and then everything else is him making a bad sliding tackle on someone that's <laughs> a speaking human being i'm like i love it i love it oh <laughs> uh, that's good stuff uh, that's good stuff I, I i will say i think this is a a pretty so i think i think this was the right appointment i think they reached a point in their season and with their form where like you just have to get a survival specialist um the problem is though, if he if he does it and keeps them up, the next year they're just going to be pissed off at him because mm-hmm. they'll accept the the four four two you know battering ram nonsense football to stay in the league, but not once they have any any more expectation than that. Everton fans are, are have this sleeping giant thing in their brain, and look, we've battled you all for years, so it's been almost <laughs> a decade. Let it go, let it go. Crossing to Dominic Calvert-Lewin is the way to progress. You, the true. best your team has ever been, ever been, was when David Moyes was your manager and Billy Arett, Denov, and whatever <laughs> were, were, were doing their thing. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> uh, Fellaini Ball. Oh, that was it. I enjoyed Fellaini Ball back then. Like, yeah. It, I, Again, what's like, his name? The, the kangaroo bloke? Like, Leighton Baines made a career off Fellaini Ball. Like, come yep. on. There's nothing Tim wrong Cahill. with it. Tim Cahill. Yep. Jesus, there's nothing wrong with it. Embrace it. Soak it in. Yep, I'm <sighs> there. The only problem is Neil Mopé can't... Can he do that? No. 
<laughs> no chance. No. Um, all right, moving on. Good luck to, <laughs> good luck to Everton. Uh, Fulham, some bloke called Sasa Lukic from Torino. I think that's a midfielder. And Cedric Suarez, uh, presumably as a backup right back. I, I really hope so. Where are they in this table? Rock doing very well. Wait, wait, where did he go? Fulham, Fulham, Fulham. Oh, right. Somehow I, look, I went straight to Southampton, his old club. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. Fulham's fine. Yeah. Uh, Leeds, they went full Team America, Bernie. They got Weston McKenney. Yep, uh, Captain America himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Good transfer, I think. He's going to run around a lot, as they like. And, you know, he's a good player. Uh, I, I've got no qualms about this at all. I no, I mean, I, I, I don't love the guy, but this is the perfect level. This is the perfect team. Plus, with his with his uh, culinary uh, preferences, <laughs> Britain is a lot better than Italy for him. 100%. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, literally, it's the American midfield. It's Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney. And uh, Brendan Aronson. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've come a long way to do, to do nothing in international <laughs> football. <laughs> uh, they they got some other blokes as well from like the Bundesliga, but I've not heard of any of them. Um, Leicester City, uh, Harry Souter, centre back from Stoke. I think he's Australian, isn't he? No idea. He said, googling Harry Souter. Yes, he's Australian. I think I remember him from the World Cup. Um, and then Tete from Lyon, who I think is a Brazilian winger. I've heard that name before. It, yeah. it might be another Tete because I'm sure there's plenty. <laughs> but I've heard He's that manager name of Brazil. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, Victor Christiansen, which was a while ago, and that's a Danish young left back who's supposed mm-hmm. to be very good, but we'll see. They finally got rid of Jose Perez. I mean, only on loan to uh, Real Betis. They also loaned out Mark, Mark Albrighton, who uh, I feel like has been a fixture in that team since they won the league. Yeah, but that's necessary. Uh, Jose Perez also cost $30 million. My God, what, what were they thinking? A joke. What an absolute joke. <laughs> Liverpool got Cody Gakpo. No one else. Their fans are furious, Bernie. I mean, look, I, I, I think their fans have nothing to be furious about like they're 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 mad at fsg i'm mm-hmm. like fsg came in and absolutely tore shit up like you won the champions league you got to three finals you won the league you won the league cup and you won the fa cup look mate that's pretty good you're going through Great. a bad spell yeah. it's okay we on the Koshcast predicted this bad spell. You know <laughs> so why? Make you feel all right about it. Yeah, because we saw that your team was old as fuck, and we knew that this would happen if we didn't replenish the squad. And that's exactly what happened. Is that an FSG problem? Maybe. Michael Edwards left. Why did he leave? I don't know. Listen, this is not something to protest about. Like you get over it, you get through it, and you see what happens. That's what you do. Like, you, they just signed. I mean, even to that extent, they they spent eighty million on eighty five million on Darren Nunez. They mm-hmm. spent forty Sorry, million don't, on. Don't, don't skip over that. Don't skip over that. Eighty five uh-huh. million on a new striker. Yeah, who's pretty rubbish. But yes, well, to, he scored a decent amount of goals. To be fair, so yeah. whatever. And then but, forty yeah. on another new striker. Mm-hmm. That one's not any good. But yeah, sure, they did do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, you know, the, the thing, I would be frustrated if I was a Liverpool fan and we'd spent $120 million on two strikers in the last two windows when the, the gaping hole is clearly in midfield. That would annoy me. On the other hand, we also know that Liverpool are absolutely mad for Jude Bellingham and that's what they're trying to do. And it's going to look pretty bad for them if they don't pull that off, given that they've no waited chance. a year to try and do it. But, you know, maybe they go for there Caicedo, no... maybe they go for Rice. I don't know. they got to get someone, though. Yeah, go the Caicedo route. There's no way they're going to get him now. No you way. Think they so? have to win the Champions League this year to get. Listen, he's got Real Madrid on his, like, chasing him. He's yeah. got Man City, from what I've heard. Man United are interested. If Liverpool are ninth or eighth or whatever, 
And considering the money that we know that they don't have because they're trying to sell the club, he's not going there. Like they they need to do some do a madness for that for that to happen. He's not going there. I'm putting my foot down on that. All right. All right, I I totally take your point, but I still think they've got a chance, regardless. I just think I, he's a really smart kid, and I don't think it's just going to be like what's the shiniest place to go for him, you know. Also, he seems to be in love with Jordan Henderson. I think if he's a smart kid, you look at it and go, "Do I want to go to a club that's made the worst decisions in the last couple of years?" And that's def- and Liverpool are horrendous. Now, Manchester United are not great decision makers either. No. Which is why I think if Real Madrid and Man City do what I think they're gonna do, those are the two options he's going for. But if he had if he's gonna pick between United and Liverpool next season, he's not gonna Liverpool because it won't be in the Champions League. That's he's the thing, a I'm big not sure. game player at this point. No, no. Like Champions League will it have an impact on his decision. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I, I, I'm not ruling them out. Um, sorry, we do need to skip back um, just for a minute to Brighton because uh, we didn't get a question this week, but we did get a request from Will on Twitter at WillGHO to uh, set aside a few minutes, ideally every week, to talk about Karumitoma. And I think mm. that's kind of fair. Um, you know, uh. we talk a lot about Premier League wasting money and spending money badly and not doing any scouting. And like Brighton pulled this kid out of Japan and he's an absolute revelation. Listen, we like we were, you know, I won't even go there. The discussion we were having before the podcast, but if J- Japan needs to keep producing people like this, let me just say that because <laughs> my God, listen, I I, I want to say this about the guy. He, we all know. I think it's all gone around that he did uh, a degree in sports and and did his yeah. thesis on dribbling. Yeah. It shows, man. It does. And especially against Liverpool, like, he dribbled the shit out of Trent that game that was oh. the, the 1-3-0. And his FA Cup, he seems to have a good use of the ball in, like, I don't know how to... Is this, is this weird thing in my mind where it's like, you know, a lot of people, they don't look at the ball when they dribble, mm. right? But this guy seems to have, like, this 4D like understanding of the pitch and where to put the ball as he's moving with it. It's it's this weird thing that I just can't explain other than the fact that if you read a comic book, you probably understand where I'm going with this <laughs> professor, professor X type of thing. And I noticed it with the goal that he scored in the FA cup against Liverpool, where he does a little flick to lift it. And then with the same foot very, very quickly, as if he understood mm. the space-time mm. continuum at that point. <laughs> he did all the calculations and knew. I can't let this ball drop below this. I need to hit it right now. It was yep. a thing of beauty. And what made it better for me in my mind was that he made Joe Gomez twerk. And I've seen that <laughs> video. Have you seen it? Have I said it yeah, to you guys? Where he plants and, they, and they've got like ice spice next to it. It's like, oh, yep. man, you look like a fool. <laughs> it was it was glorious. It was glorious. What a goal! You you know when sometimes the, these guys these kind of guys pop up, you're like, oh, this will be fun for a few weeks, and then you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> calling Mister Almiron, maybe. Um, but I mean, maybe it's too early to say this, but Matoma just looks absolutely class, absolutely yeah. class. And if, if the big clubs aren't bidding for him in the summer, I'd be I'd be surprised. Yeah, no, hundred million. Sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of uh, a lot of money, um, Bayern Munich have the option to buy João Cancelo for seventy million euros at the end of this loan for the rest of the season. I can't see them spending anywhere near that amount of money, and I don't think they'll have to. But what what is your take on on this whole thing? So, like, he had a bust up with Pep, mm-hmm. and Pep said, "That's it, you gotta go." Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Now, I respect that. We've, we grew up with, with, you know, Fergie, you know, one bust up and you're out kind of thing. But, like, he's so good. He's, like, one of the best fullbacks in the world. And, like, City could really use a good Joe Cancelo right now. The, the, my, my question is, like, this season he's been relatively shit. Or at least for a good chunk of it. Did that come pre- – was that, like, did his form dip? 
was that pre bust up or was that post bust up? Like, was he shit because he he fell out with Pep? That mm-hmm. I want to know because you're right, he is one of the best fullbacks in the world on his day. But I mean, in the World Cup, he was he was trash, and they and they replaced him with with the low. That's true. I feel like I feel like it could be the bust up, but I think maybe. Maybe his time has come at 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 the at the highest level, and Bayern are about to find out. Maybe, although he had an assist in his first game, so <laughs> maybe he just needed to change the scenery. I don't know. Mate, he's going to destroy the Bundesliga, even if he's not on form. But the the thing is, maybe you're right, and maybe this explains his career a bit because we've always looked at Jacques Cancelo and we're like, Inter had him, and they sold him to to Juve, and we were like, what the hell are they doing? He looked amazing. And then Juve had him, and they swapped him for Danilo. And we were like, what the hell are they doing? That's insane. Mm-hmm. And then City bought him, and City got rid of him. And we were like, what are they doing? Maybe the guy's just a total see you next Tuesday. That would be the most reasonable explanation for all of this. <laughs> it actually would. It actually would. Um, they also signed uh, some Argentinian kid called Maximo Peroni. Um and we'll see what all that's about in a year or two, probably. Um, mm-hmm. Manchester United signed Jack Butland, Walt Weghorst, um, and Marcel Sabitzer. The other two we knew about ages ago, so tell me what you think about Sabitzer. I love this deal. I, I think it's I think it's a brilliant deal. Also, I didn't expect United to do this. Like, it's come and gone in a sense where, like, there was no fanfare about it, but because everyone went, that's actually pretty reasonable. And they were kind of shocked that they did this. So... Christian Eriksen got injured. Uh, thank you, Andy Carroll, you prick. Um, and United moved very quickly to replace him, at least in the short term, with Sabitzer on loan. And anyone who's watched Sabitzer play from his Leipzig days knows that that's a good player. And mm-hmm. he, he, a central midfielder who can pretty much do anything you want. He can play deeper, play up for more up forward, play central, two-footed. Good player. Just hasn't worked out for him at Bayern Munich. So this kind of thing as short-term cover does great. And if he does really, really well, I would imagine that the fee to buy him, because there is no option, would not be very high. Considering he's 28, mm-hmm. Bayern don't play him any, anyway. It, if it's, it's, there's no downside to this deal. It just makes a lot of sense. So, you know, Veghorst and him as two loan options, I think this has been a productive January, and I'm I'm never positive about United transfers, so well done. Yeah, fair enough. Not much to add there. Um, while we're on United, do you want to quickly mention that you've reached a cup final? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they reached, reached a cup final. Um, I, I don't know if I want to get into my opinions on the season and stuff like that. It's just Okay, the team was, in my opinion, was already on an upward trajectory, hit a roadblock, and back to kind of the trajectory they're supposed to be on. So it's not impressive to me. It's, it'll be impressive if they beat Newcastle, who are on the up and up in the final, mm-hmm. and, and I'll really be happy about that if they, if we do that. But fair enough. Fair it enough. It is wild to me that I I fully consider Newcastle favorites for that for that game, at least on nah, current form. Nah, I don't. I don't. Yep. I saw Newcastle when they came to Old Trafford, and they parked the bus. And I saw them against Arsenal, and they parked the bus. They're going to park the bus again, and it's whether or not United are going to break them down. The, the, yeah, but they're, they're literally the best at parking the bus. <laughs> they're so good at it. That is true. That is true. <laughs> it it was a draw see. against you as well, right? Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, well, next up, Newcastle United. Uh, so they've got Anthony Gordon for $45.5 million. Um, Martin Dubrovka, they brought him back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and some kid called Harrison Ashby. So um, what is Anthony Gordon for? In my mind, he's like a Brexit St. Maximan sort of figure. Yeah. I'm still, like, I, I get, I think we talked about this. I get what he's going to do. He's going to do what the manager asks, run around a bit, like, you know, whatever. Run around a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But is he very good? I don't know. I, I don't. We don't I know. Don't, I, I've watched him, and I'm like, I, I don't understand why Chelsea paid wanted to pay sixty million for him, and I still don't understand why Newcastle wanted to pay forty five million for him. I, I, Homegrown I quota. 
they must see i mean i mean these are scouts and stuff they must see something that like he could be the next big thing if they can harness something within him but i don't know did he dribble a couple of people and people got excited or something at some point like i i I don't i I don't know it's not he doesn't strike me you know in that way yeah hey look he's young he's quick he can play on either side he did uh he went through like a goal scoring run for a while at everton um, so he can score goals. He's he's going to be a useful squad player in in the new new Newcastle, you know, realm. That that's like, kind of like. Let I me ask that. you this: Who's a better player, him or Conor Gallagher? Uh, I don't think we really know at this point. But also, they play in completely different positions. Yeah, but I'd I, I'd say Conor Gallagher, and I would never pay for him if Conor Gallagher. <laughs> You you would have to though, because that's apparently the going rate. Yeah, apparently. So I don't know. Who was it? Oh, he rejected going to Everton, didn't he? Smart Which is hilarious. Man. Yeah. Smart. Oh, oh, we haven't got there yet. Okay, there's, a, <laughs> there's another Everton bashing later on. It's good. We're gonna get to it. Oh, um, I know which one. Yeah. Oh, it's coming right now. I'm so happy. Right, Nottingham, <laughs> Nottingham Forest. After signing, what was it? 26 players in the summer. They've signed another five. Um. So we've got Danilo from Palmeiras, who is supposed to be a very talented young central midfielder. Um, Gustavo Scarpa, who is a less talented attacking midfielder. Chris Wood, uh, Forrest Wood, etc. Felipe, centre-back from Atletico Madrid. Keylo Navas, the, the one, the only, the famous Keylo Navas from PSG on loan to cover for Dean Henderson because he's injured for a few weeks. And John Joe Shelby. I don't know what their owner is doing like <laughs> weird collection of players like like who why like what i want <laughs> to understand about them is whoever is asking for these players like, is steve cooper walking in and being like i need andre ayu like is he is oh, he yeah, the one andre ayu sorry like is he really doing this and the owner's like not asking are you sure <laughs> Twenty million on Emmanuel Dennis, uh, our knee. Yeah. They spent near twenty million. I think he's injured right now, probably. But you still need Andre Ayew, really? And Chris you Wood. Let Everton have Andre Ayew. And Chris yeah. Wood. Yeah. They got, okay, so that's like three strike. How much did they pay for Chris Wood? Twenty million again, or what? I, I don't know. That might even be a. I actually don't know. But well, they've also yeah. got Brendan Johnson, who yeah. plays up front for them most of the time. I don't, I don't know, know man. man. Like let let Everton have Andre Ayew at that point. Just, just, you don't you don't need that. And they want all yeah. these players who are like they have weird attitudes. Andre yeah. Ayew, Emmanuel Dennis, and uh, what's Gibbs his White. Name? To be fair, oh, he's a fr- anyway him and and uh, oh Aurier. Like is your dress? <laughs> oh, and and not to mention Jesse Lingard. Like you guys are doing fine. I get it, but. Is it a party or is it a football club? <laughs> the dressing room must be mad. And then you add fucking John Joe Shelby into it. For what oh, reason? For what oh, reason are you adding John Joe Shelby to your football club in 2023? Kilo is going to walk in there and be like, what have I done? What has he done? What's he doing? <laughs> Why is he doing this? You're Kalo Navas. <laughs> Go and play golf or something. Go to our master, bro. <laughs> It's just degrading. Anyway, what a hilarious football club. But yeah, to to your point, like Everton couldn't complete one normal transfer. They thought they were going to get Andre Ayew and they got Dan Juman again. Like, (laughs) (laughs) brutal. Absolutely brutal. Southampton. Southampton. um, So they got their their weird manager from Luton, um, Nathan Jones. And then they bought... It's another weird collection of players, although like stats people will tell you these are good signings. I don't know. Uh, so Mislav Orosic from Dynamo Zagreb, Carlos Alcaraz from Racing Club, uh, someone from Luton called James Bree, Jan Bednarek came back from Aston Villa on loan, Kamaldine Suleimana from Rennes, who is supposed to be a he's, hot property. Yeah, he's supposed and to be. And then uh, Paul Neuchu from Genk. Now, this guy is interesting. He's six foot 
eight. I really? think he's taller than Reghorst. He's Holy a Nigerian shit. striker who's abs like if you look at Wikipedia, his goal record in Belgium is mad. Um, if I remember right record. now. Holy shit, yeah, he's two meters two point one meters. Holy shit. Yeah, he's a big man. And he what was his goal record? Yeah. Seventy nine so, in hundred and fourteen for Genk. Damn. Yeah. This season he had sixteen goals in nineteen games. The season before twenty one and thirty five, season before thirty three and thirty eight. Like it's a bit of a madness. And when he was in Denmark, he was at Michelin. He did thirty and seventeen and thirty, ten and twenty two, seventeen and thirty five. Like look, maybe this I mean the Premier League is gonna be a, a level above. But at least in the level below, this man was scoring goals. Listen, so. it doesn't matter what level you're at. If James Ward-Prowse whips a ball in and you're two meters tall, <laughs> you're probably getting ahead on it. <coughs> yeah, I tried to mute that. That didn't work. That's all right. Um, what, so I have two questions. One is, well, I guess I could just look at the Wikipedia, but has he played for Nigeria? Yes, he has. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. And then the second is, does he have a good touch for a big man? Because that's important. No, he does not. <laughs> uh, he looks, he looks ex- exactly. Well, he plays the way you f- he looks. Okay. But he, okay. but if that makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah. he gets in really good positions. All right. Cool. That's gonna be fun. Because I think isn't Suleimano a winger as well? Mm-hmm. So you got Suleimano on one wing. Who play? Who's gonna play on the other? I don't know. But Ward Prowse is gonna whip in free kicks. And you got a massive striker up front. I'm I'm into it, man. Yeah, uh, look, just just four four two it, man. It'll have some fun. It's just annoying that like he's 28. Like he's been in Belgium for long, a lot longer than people thought he would have been. Because mm. I think a lot of people thought, yeah, it's Belgium, and he's gangly at two meters. So, Bro, <laughs> but we'll in see. His first season in Belgium, he scored 35 goals in 41 games. How did no one sign him after that? His first He's... touch must be really shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, usually you'd, you'd think if someone did that in Belgium, they'd at least get a move to Lille or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to yeah. wait and see on that. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited yeah, to see it. I, I'm, I'm hyped. That's going to be wicked. Uh, all right, moving on. Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Another weird transfer. Everything about this club has been weird all season. Um, let's start with the news that Antonio Conte has had to have his gallbladder taken out and will be missing for a few weeks. I mean, A, Jesus, that sucks, um, especially on the back of the deaths of his three mates. And then B, so that's the that's the human element. And then the sporting element is like, he's one of those managers that you really kind of need to have on the touchline, you know? Or maybe his lack of... Maybe his absence liberates the team and they play with a bit more freedom and win a game. That would be funny. Imagine if the assistant, um, what's his name, Stellini, was just like, right, lads, <laughs> this is our <laughs> chance. <laughs> We're going to be a 4 2 3 1, high pressing, and I want you to keep the ball, all right? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That you know, Conte's going to be blasting his phone, like, what the fuck are you doing? Where are my wingbacks? Just block him. Just block him. Um, in terms of signing though so um, leaving the club Brian Hill went back to Sevilla on loan which I think is a shame like the kid is obviously he weighs less than I do but he's very talented Um, and then Jed Spence went to Wren which is interesting Um, I hope he gets to play some football Matt Doherty to Atletico Madrid Atleti, like, are they thinking they can just repeat the Trippier trick here? <laughs> Do they know what they're getting? Are they sure? Are they sure? The funny thing is about this, well, there are two funny things. One is they tried to get Spence and Spence said no because he wanted to make sure he played football games. So then they turned to Doherty and that was initially going to be on loan, but then Tottenham didn't realize that they had the maximum amount of players out on loan already. Uh, and so they had, to, they had to terminate his contract. <laughs> <laughs> and he went on a free transfer. Just wow. hilarious. Shambles. Um, absolute shambles. But coming in, uh, Anna Danjuma, who is a good player and seems kind of weird in that they kind of, like, to me, in my mind, he kind of plays the Richarlison role, like either on the left or through the middle. 
I know Richarlison has been injured for most of the season, but that's it can't hurt basically. Um, but then the the big signing was Pedro Porro, who, from what I've seen, is very exciting in a like. He's a hero baller as a wing back. To me, he looks like Bruno Fernandez if Bruno Fernandez was was a really fast wing back. Uh, they breed uh, hero ballers at Sporting, clearly. Apparently, um, but he was at Man City actually for uh, for a bit, so it's surprising that he's that. But you know, Sporting is Sporting. Uh, well, maybe I, I they chased yeah. him for is it a loan and then obligation, or is this forty five million straight up? It's a loan of an obligation, but only because um, Sporting wanted that so that it looked better on their books or something. Mm, okay. Something about the next financial year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting that City didn't move for, and maybe maybe the hero ball thing is the reason they they don't. But like they had a buyback on him at twenty million, so they could have even bought him back and then sold him to Spurs, but they didn't even bother doing that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I definitely have done that. It's uh, not what uh, Ramji did with, with Morata that time. Hundred percent. Bought him back just to sell him. <laughs> They've probably done that three times. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that that has been a problem position for Tottenham, obviously, because Doherty wasn't it, and Emerson Royale is not it, and Conte wouldn't let Spence play. So that that should be a massive upgrade. We'll see. We'll see how that works. Um, West Ham, Danny Ings, and he's injured. Waste of time. I, I don't I don't know why they did that. Uh Wolves. They've been back in their manager quietly. They've been back in Lopetegui. So they got uh well they spent fifty million on Matthias Cunha. They got uh some Brazilian central midfielder called João Gomes. Gomes probably. Mario Lamina. Always nice to see him back. Um Pablo Sarabia and Craig Dawson from West Ham. I I want them to go down. I, I I don't I don't like anything here. <laughs> I don't like a single thing here at all. Not one thing that I like. I'm tired of wolves. So yeah, good riddance. I don't disagree. I also just think, where are they in the table? Seventeenth. I think they've brought all these players in, and it will get them to maybe fifteenth. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just better than Bournemouth, so whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, except the... Bournemouth just signed a bunch of wonder kids, so who knows what they're going to be. Well, what I'm interested in is that they like they they signed a striker. Who did they did they sign a striker? Well, Sarabia kind of plays up front, and Cunha Cause... plays up front, but he doesn't score goals. Because Kalasic, oh Cunha, yes, you meant. He's just a pressing machine. Doesn't score any goals at all. They <laughs> might as well have, have gone for like Onuachu instead, and like mm. and see what would have happened there. But, yeah, with with the delivery on uh, Matinho and stuff. Yeah. Well, Kalatsic is like six foot five, but he got injured at the beginning of the season, so yeah. that would have been fun. But, oh well. Yeah. Look, I'm here for the for the return of the tall man, the Jan Collar, the Peter Crouches. Hundred percent. I'm here for that. I'm here for. I'm. I want to see Veghorst against Onoachu on, on a corner, marking each other on a corner. I need to see that clash. Yeah, oh, I'm here yes, for it. Yes, hundred percent. I also want to see either of them standing next to Tarek Lamptey, please. <laughs> oh, like genu- genuinely, I think you would need two Lampties to one of either of them. Well, if that doesn't work, they can stand next to Lissandro Martinez and he might still win the header. <laughs> somehow. Somehow he might. Uh, all right. That is everyone. That's everyone. Uh, there's basically been no... There have basically been no transfers around Europe because everyone's broke. Um, they've just been sitting there watching the Premier League spend their money in a, mm-hmm. in a kind of disgusting way. Um, Inter's big announcement was that they re-signed Matteo Damian. <laughs> So, like, if you really needed an indication of the uh, the discrepancy between England and the rest of the, the continent. They, 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 made, they made a very big fuss about that. Incredible stuff. Uh, all right, we'll leave it there, uh, Bodhi. Next week, hopefully, there'll be uh, football to talk about. Yes, yes. Awesome. 
up the Reds. United Reds. <laughs> See you later.